0: Hey listener, thank you for joining us today. Today's guest is Robin, a supremely talented 21-year-old art college student. We're excited to share with you the story behind their QL webcomic, Chainlink, where we follow the sometimes awkward but always heartwarming encounters between the lead characters, Danny and Hunter. We'll chat about the genesis of Chainlinked and why it was important for Robin to portray happy representation of queer characters, how they learned to stockpile buffer episodes and adjust it to the vertical webtoon format, and discuss how to stay ahead of trends and leverage animatics as a way to build an audience on TikTok. Hope you enjoy! Robin, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for taking a bit of time and joining us uh, today. Uh, Today's a pretty exciting milestone. We're going to talk about this later, but you said that you just hit 60k subscribers today. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. I'm so thankful and it's so cool to see it grow so fast.
0: It has been a lot of fun to just see how quickly this uh, webtoon has grown. I love your little interjections of you saying, oh my gosh, this thing has hit, you know, 10K, 20K, 50K, now 60K. I wanna talk a little bit about your growth, but let's start with a little bit about you. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm 21. Uh, My pronouns are they, them. My name is Robin, uh, if you didn't already know. Uh, I'm an art college student. Uh, I'm queer, agender, neurodivergent, and I just love creating comics.
0: How did you get into creating comics? What were the sorts of things that you would like read or watch when you were younger that you think led to you creating your own comics?
1: Definitely what got me into like art in general was like watching Adventure Time when I was a kid. I loved how like colorful it was and how fun it was. And it was just so nice to come home at the end of the day and just watch it every single week. Um, And definitely what got me into more of the comic side of art things was, uh, I had a class in high school called visual literacy, which Mm. uh, the teacher had to call it that to get it past the school board, because it was really just comic book class. So uh, and it got passed as an English elective, which I think was really cool. So basically, we did like, uh, we would read comics and like graphic novels. And then we at the end, we got to like make our own comic. And funny Mm. enough, that's actually where I got hunter and danny as characters um although the story was very different back then
0: so what was the story like uh when you started this in high school
1: yeah it was like an action comic and uh. it was like some sort of like conspiracy was going on it was very vague because i didn't know how to write back then it it was very more of an action comedy like an action com comic and so mm. it's interesting how much it's changed <laughs>
0: And I I do want to pick your brain a little bit about how the story involved. But before we get to that, how did you develop your art style? I'm always impressed at people who can, you know, they've been drawing their whole life, but then they put something out that feels really, really professional and polished. And I love what you've done with your art style. It feels very, very unique as well. What was the process that you went through to develop your own art style?
1: Yeah, so there's some artists that like, they'll go out of their way to like, know try and find their art style but I kind of just like I never really specifically went looking for an art style Mm -hmm. I just kind of like picked up things here and there from things that I liked and then at some point it became so much of a mishmash that it's just so like no one can tell where it came from I've gotten the comment of like that it's so unique and like never seen before and I'm like It's just like me mixed with all of the stuff that I love. (laughs) So like definitely drawing a lot of fan art uh, as like a kid uh, and getting into like anime and like stuff like that, like drawing with YouTubers that did art videos. Like I've just picked it up from so many different places.
0: So you talked about Adventure Time earlier and how that was a big source of inspiration. Are there other shows or comics that come to mind when you think of these are things that I really enjoyed when I was younger?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Adventure Time was definitely the biggest one. Uh, I loved all of the Cartoon Network shows. Regular Show was another one that I really enjoyed. Um, And then I definitely, as I got older, figured out that anime exists. And then I was like, oh my God, this is a whole, media genre that I've never consumed before um and so I really got into like uh Haikyuu and I definitely of course Yuri on Ice is a huge inspiration for me because that's like you know it was the first like media that I saw that was like this is like queer and we're not gonna apologize for it and it's fun you know. <laughs> hmm.
0: So tell us a little bit how you came up with Danny and Hunter as two characters.
1: Yeah, well, I definitely at first it was that I had a project and I kind of had to force myself to make some characters (laughs) uh, to fill it. But uh, after that, like uh, building them into the characters that they are today, it was like I would just go over and like uh, keep redrawing them kind of like every so often until like uh, I started to do TikTok videos. Um, And I started to do animatics with some of my original characters and like using certain audios to like, you know, indicate certain things that would happen to these characters or certain personality traits that they had. And slowly, like the characters became like these personalities that like through those animatics of just, you know, slowly piling on little things that would happen to them or were part of them. And then I was like, ah, well, now they're full characters and I need to make a webcomic about it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: so you mentioned that this was an action comic first what made you develop the story into a romance instead
1: i think it was definitely that i when i first started doing it again it was an assigned project so i was like well i'm not going to make it a romance because I don't know who my teacher is at this point. I don't know if they're Mm. like, you know, a teacher who's going to be okay with queer romance. Um, Mm. Thankfully today, I know that they are. They're actually going to have me back to talk to their class about how to make webtoons and stuff like that. That's so cool. Which is really cool. Um, Yeah, so, uh, but at the time I was like, oh, I don't know if I can go full romance. So I kind of like themed it with action and kind of like put in some elements of, you know, subtle romance here and there. But then, you know, as I got, to make it my own, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it a romance. This is fully what it's going to be.
0: And for Danny and Hunter, as as well as the, the rest of the cast, how did you get your characters to feel so real? Did you pull from experiences and other people that you knew? How did you get them to feel like they were real people as opposed to, you know, something that's fictional?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I definitely pull a lot from like my experiences and people around me. Like, a lot of the time, like my mom will like say, like, "Oh, is this character supposed to be based off of this family member?" And I'm like, "Yeah, loosely." Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> like uh, uh, my the character that we see in like the first, like, not the pilot episode, but the first actual episode, uh, Miss Caruso is actually based off of my grandma because um, uh, uh, it was like, you know, she's running like a, a an Italian cookie shop and uh, my grandma's like a, a, an Italian old lady. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's put her in there. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And definitely like parts of like Hunter and Danny are very much like just parts of my experience because, you know, when you're writing, you've got to like know what the characters are going through, how they're feeling. And, you know, it's more realistic when you tie it to your own experiences.
0: You know, you mentioned earlier I didn't know who my teacher was. I didn't know if I should write a queer romance comic. Did you have any thoughts or like hesitations to be perfectly honest before you put this out on, on Webtoon? Because I mean, like you didn't know how it was going to be received. Was there some part of that that went through your head?
1: I think that no. And that's only because I have gotten, you know, like I had TikTok as a platform to kind of test everything out like test out Mm. which characters people liked and you know what kind of was the reaction and yeah sure there was people who didn't like it and were you know kind of homophobic or whatever but Mm. um you know I I learned like to kind of just be like okay well that person doesn't like that and that's fine because I'm not gonna listen to them and they don't have Mm. to read my comic
0: (laughs) and in terms of what you wanted your readers to feel what were the themes or of emotions that you wanted people to walk away with as they read your story?
1: Yeah, 100%. I wanted people to have a wholesome story that is just like, you know, there's some conflict in there, but like, you know, silly conflict of like miscommunications or, you know, just little things here and there, no like fighting or trauma or anything like that. So I, I just wanted the people to Uh, reading it to feel just like warm and fuzzy and welcome. Uh, Definitely uh, I want people to feel seen and heard, like, you know, a lot of representation in there. Um, But mostly I just, again, I just want someone to have like something to come home at the end of the day and just kind of escape into and just like, enjoy like a happy moment, especially because like there's so much representation for uh, queer people and neurodiverse people and people of color and in the media, but there's very little happy representations of it. Um, mm. There's a lot of representations where it's like, you know, people who are dealing with homophobia and racism. And although that's really important so that people get that out there and so it's heard and seen, uh, it's also important to have those people who are diverse see themselves in just like a happy narrative because sometimes like you know I know I felt that myself where like I don't see myself in any of these characters on the tv or I don't see myself in like the older generations and I was like am I going to like be happy is there a going to be some sort of hope for me to be happy and be my true self without like any sort of you know like trials and tribulations of all these shows that I've seen where everyone has to come out to their family and then they all hate them and all that stuff and it's like sometimes there is a need for that just nice wholesome content where you can just feel like yeah I am safe and I am happy and there is going to be a day when someone's going to you know accept me and that's great.
0: Your comic has done a great job of making me feel warm and welcome so at least to to one other reader you can say Yes, it's done what what you've set out to do. I'd love to talk a little bit about your process. So, I mean, you've been uploading this webcomic fairly uh, regularly. So what's your process? It seems like, you know, every two weeks you're putting a new episode out. You know, what's your craft? How do you actually go from idea to, okay, like here's the webcomic out in its full form?
1: Yeah, so I usually what I do is I open up the notes app on my phone and I just start writing whatever I think should come next. Uh, Thankfully, I have not dealt with much writer's block um, and I'm Mm -hmm. kind of writing it as it goes. So every week that I put something, every two weeks that I put something out, then I immediately start writing the next episode because um, I was kind of an idiot and didn't put out buffer episodes. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that those were a thing that you could do. Um, but now that I do, I kind of regret that, but keep that for later. Um, so I definitely, I start writing it and then I definitely I start going into the sketching phase. I'll just like start sketching out the panels. Uh, I use Procreate for that. I just, you know, go at it do whatever I need to do for that. I'll put in like the lettering and the, the, you know, the speech bubbles in while I'm doing the sketching so I can figure out like where they are in position to everything else. So I'm not like running out of room later on. And then, you know, I do the line art uh, and then I move to Clip Studio Paint to do the uh, coloring and the uh, lettering because it's a lot faster in Clip Studio Paint. And mm. I'm trying to move over to Clip Studio Paint as an entirety because everyone says it's so much faster. And it, there's so many things that make it so good for webcomics specifically that like, it's almost like idiotic not to, but I'm so used to doing Procreate because that's what I've, you know, gotten used to. So I'm so, slowly switching over.
0: <laughs> Through this process, what's the thing that you sort of enjoy and that takes the least amount of time versus the thing that just takes a little, a little bit longer and might be something that, you know, maybe isn't as, as fun to do?
1: I love doing the coloring. It's a lot, it's so much faster than everything else in the process. <laughs> um, and it's the point where like everything starts to come together. And I think that's where it's like, oh my God, this is a real thing that I made out of nothing. And it's so cool to see that happen. Um, my least favorite part is line art. I hate line art so much. I <laughs> definitely, if I do another uh, comic anytime soon, I'm going to just decide that I'm going to make the style more loose and sketchy so that I can really just use uh, cleaned up sketches as the line art because I really regret doing clean line art (laughs) because it takes a lot of time and it's very tedious. It's not even fun. It's just like, oh, I'm just going over the same lines that I did for the sketch, especially because I sketch pretty clean too.
0: And in terms of story and planning out the webtoon, How far in advance have you thought through things? Or do you you tend to take things more week by week?
1: It's a little bit mixture of both. Um, I have like general plot points that I want to get to, general arcs that I have in mind. But as far as writing the actual dialogue or figuring out like, you know, what comes in between these plot points, that is week by week.
0: (laughs) Mm. And how long did take for you to come up with the general plot line before you started making the webtoon?
1: I mean, it wasn't really like, I guess it was just generally like throughout the process of creating the characters and figuring out like what makes them them and like what kind of arc do I want them to go through? So I'd say probably just as long as I've had the characters, I've been, mm. you know, thinking about like, well, what kind of scenarios can I put these characters in? What makes them, you know... What kind of relationship do they have with each other? What kind of moments do they share together? Uh, And stuff like that.
0: In terms of your biggest learnings, what do you think the biggest thing has been that you've learned since you started this comic earlier this year?
1: Definitely, for God's sake, add those buffer episodes. Definitely, (laughs) when I get the chance, when there's a break in the story, I'm taking like a little hiatus and just stockpiling episodes. But other than that, like definitely just working with how the webtoon format works. um, I feel like that's been my biggest like learning curve just because at first I didn't really, I mean, honestly, before I started doing my webtoon I read very little webtoons. um, And so Mm -hmm. I was very unfamiliar with how the format works. And so uh, I was kind of just treating it like a regular comics format, honestly. Like um, you can see like in the earlier episodes that I was cramming in like four or five panels per scroll. And I was like, I had no idea that that was like an issue or like, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, putting in like something that I learned more recently is that like putting the word bubbles in the panels is not exactly what you want to do for Webtoon. For Webtoon, it's more likely that you want to have the word bubble not compete with like the illustration, which in Mm -hmm. other forms of comics, It's the exact opposite where you never want to break the panel unless you absolutely necessarily have a good reason for it. So it's crazy how Mm. different it is.
0: And I think you have a bit of a perfectionist uh, streak in you because if I remember reading correctly, you went back and redid a few early episodes.
1: Yeah. I edited one of my episodes, added a couple of panels and then one of them I completely redid. Not only because I felt like that it was a good idea to do but also because I've fortunately through my school had some uh reviews with a webtoon editor named uh Aria Villafranca and she Mm -hmm. works for webtoon originals she works with some uh webtoon originals creators as their editor um and so she gave me some tips on like formatting and things that I should do to up my webtoon game uh one of those things yeah and so like formatting was like Kind of the biggest thing that I had to work through. Um, And most of that was just like reading other webtoons and studying how they did it. Um, But one of them was uh, definitely the style of storytelling that I had for one episode. It was, uh, it used to be an episode where it was like Hunter just talking to the camera. Um, And they were like, oh, well, you know, like that might, that type of storytelling doesn't really do well on Webtoon. And I was like, I had been, you know, introduced to that format in terms of like, like Uriana is like one of my biggest you know, inspirations, and that, like, they do a a ton of, like, breakaways where they talk directly to the camera, Um, and they were like, oh, maybe, maybe don't do that, and I'm like, oh, okay, so then I redid the entire episode, and and I put in Jupiter uh, so that he had someone to talk to about it, so, yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the growth of your webtoon. You started this at the end of January in 2022, so, I think you're approaching a six-month anniversary. Before we talk about how big it is now, what was your expectation when you put this out into the Webtoon Ether?
1: Okay, so when I put this out, I was not expecting much. I was saying, like, this is a good portfolio moment. Like, I can use this (laughs) as, like, you know, I'll show this to people when they're like, oh, what kind of art do you do? Just, like, kind of get a bunch of art done and made um and kind of like just get my story out there because I do I, I do love my characters so much and I would do it even if no one was reading it like I just love them so much um but I was like maybe in my wildest dreams at the end of the year maybe I'll hit 10k and then here I am like halfway through the year and I'm already six times that so that's like insane to me um but you know it's like great to see the numbers but really what has like absolutely floored me is like the amount of community that there is around it. Like there's so much people making fan art or doing cosplays, which is so cool. And like so many people connecting with it. And and that's what really just like makes it worth it for me. Like, I just love that so much to see like other people care about my characters the same way I care about them, which is a lot.
0: (laughs) How does that make you feel as a creator when you see, you know, so many people, especially people in the, you know, LGBTQ plus community that comes around this comic and says, I really feel something when I read this. I love the community that is with this comic. How how does that make you feel as a creator?
1: It makes me feel like I've succeeded. If I (laughs) was done today, like, you know, like I was, I would just be happy, like, of course, like I, I do want to like go forward with my career and like make more things and you know keep making chain link, but just the amount of like s- just the amount of joy that I get from just like seeing people connect with it and feeling so like seen and heard by it and like just enjoying reading it, it's it's so wonderful.
0: And how do you think of your role as a creator in terms of fostering this community? Because I've I've seen a lot of web uh, comic artists uh, approach this very differently. To like, you know, and many different methods can lead to a lot of success. Some say I'm just going to focus on the story; that's going to be my big thing. And then if people want to create discords or chats or whatever, they can go do that. Others want to be a part of the and be a part and create the web comic and be a big part of the chats and communities as well. I believe you've started a Discord. So like, I'm curious, how do you think about like your involvement in the community?
1: Yeah, I love to be involved in it just because um, I am a little bit selfish in that I do love having (laughs) someone to talk to about um, these characters that I love so much. Like it is, so nice to finally be able to talk to people who like get this story that's you know I've had just like circling around in my head for the past like four years it's just like it's so nice to be able to like have a community that cares so much about it and like able to see like how excited they are about it and that like gives me energy to like create more and get more invested in it and so it's just amazing to see the inner workings of the community so that's why I enjoy uh, you know, fostering that. I do, like, Discord. Um, I have, like, Patreon, where, like, some people can see, like, sneak peeks, and they get to talk about it on there, and so, you know, it's very, very exciting, and I just, I love being a part of it, especially, like, all of the cool fan creations that everyone's making.
0: So, and you've, you know, we've said you've hit 60k. What, do you have, like, another goal in mind for the comic? Um, you know do you want it to be in originals or are you just thinking as long as I'm kind of doing what I'm doing now I'm, I'm pretty happy
1: yeah I think currently because I'm still in school I'm currently like next year I'm going to be in in the fall I'm going to be a junior so like I even if I wanted to I don't have the time to do <laughs> originals right now um, I think it's very possible just because they have like I have that connection through my school and they've like said, like, we're watching you and like, you know, like are do you want to work for originals in the future? And I'm like, uh yes, please. But uh yeah, I think definitely like as of now and as of like chain linked, chain linked is such like it, it's it's my baby, it's my like passion project. And I think like uh as as much as I do, I don't know, it's like I would love to work on originals, but I feel like if I did, I can't do it with chain because it's just so precious to me. Like I would, you know, there there is a lot of, uh, you know, like you have to work fast on originals and you kind of have to not be so precious with it.
0: And yeah. I feel like
1: I wouldn't be able to do that with chain Um if I do, cool. And uh, you know, like that would be cool, but I think definitely I would want to create a new story if uh, I was gonna be creating for originals.
0: Uh, I'd love to spend a little time learning a bit more about how you think about supporting yourself. Now, like you said, you're in college, so there's a little bit less pressure, uh, but you've created a Patreon recently. What has that been like in terms of creating a new outlet for super fans to connect with you, as well as uh, creating a way for you to, you know, support yourself from the work you're doing?
1: Yeah, it's definitely been super nice like a lot of the community on there is just like so into whatever I'm doing no matter what it is and it's so fun to see them get like excited about like new things that I'm putting out and you know it's fun to be able to share like things that I can't share with anyone else. because it would technically be a spoiler. I can, you know, put it as a sneak peek on there and then I get someone to talk to you about it. Um, yeah. And so it's been super fun in that way. But uh, it's definitely been nice to just have, like, a little bit of income, uh, you know, like, it, it's not much. It's, you know, there's only a few Patreon patrons on there. But it is, it is a nice uh, little bit of, like, pizza money for, you know, whatever. And I think, you know, as I'm in college right now, I'm not, you know, student loans are taking care of most of it. So, uh, for now I'm not, uh, looking for, you know, a, a very big, you know, support. So it's nice to have just a little bit here and there. Uh, I know I do some other things to get some, uh, extra support in terms of financial stuff. Like, uh, I do like a local, uh, selling at like a comics expo and uh sometimes I open up my Etsy every so often I do some commissions every you know every while so it's kind of like just things here and there to just have a little extra so that I can you know buy books and art supplies for for school and stuff
0: you mentioned commissions I believe you opened that earlier this year how how has that been and how does that work alongside all the other things that you do
1: Yeah, it's definitely super fun uh, when I get a commission because I am personally a fast worker. So like I usually can finish a commission, you know, like it usually goes pretty fast. So it doesn't interrupt my uh, process too much, uh, especially because it is currently a little slow just because I don't have too much time to make promotional stuff for that because I'm working on school and, you know, chain linked at the same time um but you know it's it's super fun when I get to work with someone who's like super excited about what they want drawn and I'm super excited about being able Mm to draw it and it's like a cool collaborative experience
0: in terms of your discord what pushed you to launch your discord
1: uh just being able to connect with the community like I I think like definitely uh seeing some other webtoons and like having like being in their discords definitely it was like man I want to like create a discord so that I can talk to people about like what they're you know thinking about the latest episode or things like that and you know seeing all these like people you know put together like all these fan creations and stuff like that um and kind of like foster that community more like uh there's some webtoons that I read uh specifically uh A Risen Heart um, has a discord that i'm in and it's very fun and it's just such a nice community and it's like i want to do that for my community and like give back to them so they have a space to like talk and stuff so
0: have you uh, had a ton of success with the etsy stores or is that just something you do periodically to keep your your fans you know kind of give them something physical like you mentioned before
1: i haven't actually opened it since i done the webtoon stuff Mm -hmm. um because before i had it uh because i had an audience on tiktok and so i was able to like kind of say hey like here's some stickers that i made of like you know like here's some cute frogs or here's mothman as a sticker and stuff like that so uh i didn't have much like uh, uh stuff about like danny and hunter or like you know the chain linked brand because it wasn't really a thing yet um and so i'm wondering like you know is that like is there people who are going to be interested in like actually you know getting like a print of them or getting you know stickers of them i don't know we'll see um but yeah before it was it was pretty successful um i had i did that like uh last year i had a gap year uh because of the whole you know debacle of you know stuff. Uh, and so I kind of uh, avoided online classes by taking a gap year. Um, hmm. And I did just like Etsy and TikTok and stuff like that um, to kind of like have something to do while I was like, you know, trapped in my house. <laughs> um, And, you know, I was still able to make like, you know, a, not like a job income, but definitely a decent amount of uh, money. So it was nice.
0: That's awesome. In terms of your future, what do you want to do? Whether it's chain linked, other stories, how do you see things play out for the next five years?
1: I definitely, if I can, at some point, I'd love to make chain linked into a graphic novel. Like that is my like, you know, absolute like dream. Something on my bucket list that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as like going through with webtoon, I think. Definitely creating Chainlinked, uh, continuing that probably until the end of college. Um, And then seeing if, like, either, you know, if Webtoon Originals would want to pick up Chainlinked or if they'd be willing to let me uh, create a new story and roll with that. Um, I have some characters that I've been kind of planning for that and Mm. seeing, you know, like, oh, is this going to work? You know, what kind of story do I want to tell? Definitely something similar to Chainlinked uh, Queer Romance, but, you know, like a different take on it, different characters and stuff like that. Uh, so I was like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it and, you know, just, I don't know where my future leads me, but that those are some ideas that I have.
0: In terms of future of the webtoon industry itself, is there anything that you wanna see?
1: Definitely more diversity in both just subjects of like, you know, characters, but also in the uh, genres, there is so much, so many popular webtoons that are, first of all, very whitewashed, um, and uh, there's so many popular webtoons that are just, like, the main, you know, few genres of, like, you know, it's, like, oh, it's romance, it's comedy, or, you know, it's, like, you know, something that's more action-y or, you know, fantasy. Like, there's a lot of uh, kind of missing uh Popularity for those like other types of comics, like mystery and horror and thrillers and like historical kinds of things. Like, there's all these genres that you see, like, on you know, like when you search up things on Webtoon, like, there's a little thing of like you can search by genre, but like, I see so little of that diversity in the very most, you know, the ones that they keep promoting. So, I'm like, I would love to see like so many you know, the, more exploration of those different genres.
0: Mm. And I did have one last question on your TikTok. I know different webtoon artists have used TikTok to find an audience, but what has worked well for you on TikTok?
1: Definitely creating animatics, like using uh, audios that are very, you know, in the time, you know, trendy. It's very like TikTok moves very fast. Uh, so being on those trends of like, you know, going as fast as you can to figure out what audio is currently trending or what is about to trend, but isn't trending already. Um, It's, it's, you got to keep up with that. And uh, definitely doing those animatics of like, you know, comedic moments, things that people can relate to, like comedy and relatability are a lot of things that do uh, well on TikTok, because those are the things that are most shareable like people want to share it with their friends because they think it's funny or they think it's relatable.
0: Hmm. And in terms of advice would you give any or what advice rather would you give to someone that's aspiring to be a webcomic creator and is there any advice in particular that you would give to a queer creator?
1: Yeah creating like a comic is such a big project thinking about like how you're going to do it what kind of story you want to tell who are these characters and like not only creating like a character and an archetype but going into that and like learning more about those uh like what kind of character you want to create and giving them like weird little quirks and stuff like that um is always fun because you get to learn more about your characters just by giving them little hobbies that you need to learn all about and, you know, studying them and stuff like that. It's very fun. Um, and definitely, you know, cause like the more realistic you make your characters by giving them, you know, not only an archetype, but things that maybe contradict that archetype or, you know, like little hobbies and little, uh, you know, mannerisms that make them different. That's what makes a character feel realistic. Um, and definitely specifically for people who are, queer creators or want to create, uh, you know, queer content, uh, definitely if you are not a certain identity or not a certain, uh, or not a certain, uh, you know, ethnicity or something, like, if you are looking to create representation for someone who isn't something that you can identify with, uh, you need to hire a sensitivity reader, um, because they are going to be able to, you know, tell you like, hey, this is good, this is not so representing us, you know, this is something that is, you know, more realistic for things so that you can, you know, accurately represent who you're trying to represent.
0: That's amazing, and was it hard for you to find a sensitivity reader?
1: Um, It was at first. I was thinking of like, oh, you know, like, I'll try and hire someone. I had to like go through and look um, through like Twitter and try and reach out to a lot of different people. Um, And it was very hard because a lot of sensitivity readers are specifically for like literature, kind of like uh, words and stuff and less images in comics uh, so it's kind of hard to figure out like oh what is their rate for a comic page because technically yeah. the comic page only has like four words on it but it's a whole page um, and their thing is like oh well I'll read for like this much money for 400 words and it's like I'm never going to write 400 words for a comic yeah. um, so uh, it's kind of like you have to figure that out thankfully I did find some people who are uh in my art school or friend groups and stuff like that who I was able to talk to uh and kind of like mutually sensitivity read for them uh so I have a friend who uh reads for some of the uh people of color in my comic like uh Jupiter and Freddy and uh I I was able to uh, read for for their comic specifically uh, for autistic representation. So it's kind of like a, we don't even have to pay each other, but we're both you know providing a service. So it's kind of cool.
0: That's really awesome. Are you ready to close things out with our rapid fire round?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Which fictional character best describes your personality?
1: I think definitely, if I can choose characters from my comic, uh, Danny and the Hunter are very much big representations of my uh, personality. Definitely more Danny than Hunter, but you know, kind of that. Uh, definitely a couple others is uh, Megamind
0: and Wally. <laughs> <laughs> Which three web comics would you take with you on a desert island? They could be any comics, they don't have to be web comics.
1: Yeah, um, I think Doctors, uh, The Doctors Are Out, Uh, I love that one, Uh, I think, oh boy, Arisen Heart, that one's made by a creator who is my friend, and uh, who I've met through, like, the uh, Webtoons creator discord, and their their comic is so underrated, Um, it's crazy, I love it, And uh, definitely something like Mono and Mochi. Uh, That one's like just a cool little slice of life, like just wholesome moment thing. I love it.
0: And if you could pick any, which creator would you want to have dinner with?
1: Alice Osman, just because like uh, being the creator of Heartstopper, like they are absolutely in the position that I want Chainlink to be in the future. Like, you know, putting out a graphic novel, like having more of those, you know, iterations of it, like, and having such a cool, like, supportive, and like, in, like, the fan base for that is just so, like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, they're all obsessed with it, and they love it, and there's so much fan content around it, and I just, I would be really interested to, like, know what it, what it's like to be in that position.
0: What's your favorite scene from any comic that pops into your head?
1: Hmm. I think a risen heart. Definitely. There's some moments in there that are great. I think the moment when uh, they first hug, I think is super sweet. Um, It's like a moment where like, they've kind of been building up and building up and it feels like, Oh my God, like what's going to happen? Like, are these characters, you know, like, it, it kind of becomes like this moment where it's like, oh, these characters, like they are, you know, forming an emotional bond and it was super strong.
0: And then finally, if you could hang out with one fictional character, who would it be?
1: I would hang out with Baymax just because I feel like that's great. I'm, I want to hug a big fluff, fluffy marshmallow robot.
0: I think that would be so fun. <laughs> who wouldn't? That'd be the best. Uh, Max, I love Baymax. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, Robin, thanks so much for taking some time. Listener, if you have not already, please check out Chainlinked. You won't regret it. It's a very fun, heartwarming read. And Robin, thank you so much for taking some time and joining us today. Yeah, thank you for having me. And listeners, to check out more of Robin's work, please visit their Instagram. It's at rainy underscore cacti, C-A-C-T-I. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today. If you have any feedback or want to be featured as our next guest, please write to us at pixelsandpanelspod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, like, or give us a five-star rating. See you all next week.